Mr. Brian Wish, welcome to Startups, Sparks and Serendipity. <laughs> Max, it's great to be here. It's great to uh, be part of your world and um, excited for what our conversation today. As always, it's great to see your face. It's great to see you. Uh, we have to excuse Mike for this time, as I mentioned uh, before. Um, he is uh, he has to be excused. He had a, like a little injury the last couple of days, but he will be back in the next episode. But I think we can we can rock it with us too. I guess. Mike, wishing you a safe recovery uh, and a feel better soon. If you can hear this, absolutely. Uh, shout out to Mike. Um, we're missing you on the podcast, but however, we uh, we we have some great topics um, to cover, um, and of course, uh, the listeners might know you, uh, Brian, and maybe you can give kind of a short intro. Uh, we've been in touch for several years now, kind of discussing everything from purpose to company strategy to building a network, and I think there are kind of lots of different things, and you have been of great help also connecting me with different people. So, of course, your network is something that we can talk about. But maybe before we do that, um, maybe you can give the people a little hint on who you are and, and what you do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, my name is Brian Wish. I run a company called BW Missions. Uh, we work with a lot of experts in their given spaces, think tech exit CEOs, big authors, um, people who have really have a message, something to share. Um, and really help kind of drive their thought leadership around it and build a community and really build a platform. Uh, think of like a brand platform for superheroes. Um, that's kind of what we're after. And, you know, I look at it as we're in the business of pathfinding, you know, we're not just doing marketing work, like we're finding a way for people to belong. And the way in which we do that is, you know, by bringing their messages to life and um, to work with such fascinating people who, have done so much, but have a desire to really be heard on their own terms is, is a very, I think, special way in which to work, which, you know, combines alignment uh, and personal fulfillment with like professional, you know, fulfillment as well. So I feel very fortunate to, you know, have been doing this. We've been doing it three years and, um, you know, it's, it, the company is kind of rooted in my story of never really fitting in growing up. And so, been a very meaningful pursuit and, and you know three years in and couldn't be happier it's a beautiful story um and and i've been kind of been part of of following it um you mentioned fantastic uh leaders uh, that, that you kind of care about on on the professional side but of course there's also some personal connections that have grown and uh, maybe you can give people some references on on who you worked for and uh and what the purpose was? Yeah, you mean pre pre this company or or while we've been building this company? While building. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, a few of our clients, people, someone named Luke Cooper, he had a company called Fixed, and he sold it to Assurance recently. Um, you know, north of a hundred million. He's he, he's uh, just an incredible story. Uh, grew up in really hard, in a hard area. Um, got his dad out of prison. Um, went to law school, tech companies. I mean, just someone who's just battled and persevered through life. You know, people like Nir Eyal, he wrote a book called Hooked and Indistractable. Uh, a client named Don Berger who sold a company called Social Tables is a tech company. And, you know, people who have built companies and, and we work with a lot of women founders too and thought leaders. Uh, let's just came to mind first. But people who have built companies and they have something to say, they have a story and they really want to distribute it and they're ready, really ready to make an impact and kind of craft their path and their own identity in a cohesive manner, manner online, which, you know, when you break it down, it's actually really hard to do. And to lay out all the pieces to bring that together is can be challenging. And I think 
they value that though, so they can be heard. But some really, really inspiring people, uh, not only we, we've been able to work with, but it's about what we learn from them too, because they're entrepreneurs and they're always trying to make things better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I've, I've talked to a couple of people that you mentioned, starting from, of course, Nier, uh, who, who I had on, on, on my first podcast, but also um, uh, Rick Smith, I think was his name, uh, who, who built Exxon and is also the inventor of, of the Taser in the US, which is quite fascinating. He's a great guy. So I think I can see how you help them kind of path their ways into everything they do also, of course, on, on, on the personal branding side. Maybe to take a step back, you, you mentioned it a couple of times that um, BW Missions is also about kind of cave, uh, like carving paves and path past and actually helping people other, better understand kind of where they can go, not just with their personal brand, but also with their company and as a person. Um, maybe you can give people a bit of kind of understanding of what like path actually means to you and how that relates to to the business because like i think there are a lot of people not just young people that think about a future career path a future professional path a future relationship path and there are kind of different structures frameworks on how to do that but i think how would you start with everything related to a path of life yeah i mean i i the reason i think i really honed in on this idea of finding a path and belonging is I think for so much of my life I really didn't feel like I belonged to the common narrative of the world that I've traditionally checked by others I think didn't come as easy to me even though I was trying to check the same boxes whether that was you know sports teams whether that was getting into college on my own terms whether that was you know just general internships you know I always felt like I had to do things a little bit differently because the structures in which were set up around me for some reason I wasn't quite fitting into um, And so that required a lot of creativity and a lot of me kind of learning about who I was and where I was going and really trying to belong. I, my, I think my, when I look at my life, especially the early days, it was this, this search of belonging and the search of community. And I found that from the first time for myself when I entered the world of ideas and I started connecting with people and ways I never had before. And so professionally, I think this idea of entrepreneurship wasn't like, I grew up and I just knew I was going to be an entrepreneur. I think it was, I grew up and didn't really fit into the common narrative of the world. And so I started, as I started kind of feeling heard, seen and valued when I was experimenting in my own mind and creativity and it could connect with other people through those topics, I started to kind of build my path in my community and tribe around people in that same regard. Uh, but as you said, Max, I do think like the idea of a path um, applies to so many areas. Life is this, I think, set of pathways. You know, I, I look at paths of, you know, to belong in the world on different buckets, you know, personally, like, yeah, I might professionally be very fulfilled, but personally, like, I want to be, you know, I want to be a really great dad. I want to be an awesome husband. I want a family. Like I, to me, like in order to belong, I think in my, in my way, so those, to, that's a priority to me. I want to like have a happy personal life. I, I don't look at success as dying with a hundred million in the bank and selling three companies. Like everyone picks what's important to them. But to me, like I've picked this path early as well. So I don't nothing from entrepreneurship. So I could give myself a foundation to build on later, but for other people, they have different ways of doing it. This is just the way I saw that was best for me. Uh, I look at a path of being physically fit, you know, and, and healthy and mentally fit. Um, the, those aren't easy, especially when you pick an entrepreneurial journey, because you just encounter more challenges and roadblocks that inflict 
hindrances in other areas of your life if you don't plan and think through things carefully. So I realized being fit, how that affects your mental and emotional health and how that affects your ability to perform in your professional life and then show up for your partners. There's so many things that are interconnected. For me, I think this idea of a path, you know, creating paths for yourself, it's about the paths on which you want to travel down in order to like belong and show up on your own terms. And for me, it's not just about putting 90, 100% in one of those areas. It's about really like bringing together those parts of my life in a way that I think is fully authentic and aligned to who I am. Even though one of those areas might have more weight today, hopefully in the next 10, 15, 20 years, that, that weight can shift to some other areas um, more, more evenly. Um, because I, I, don't, I question, do I want to work this hard? When I'm 40 or 50, I honestly, I don't think so. Uh, I would much rather spend this time and energy investing in, in, you know, other parts of my life that I care, care about as well. So yeah, I, it's a deep, deep question because I, you gave me a lot of ways in which I could go with it. But to me, when I think of path, think about what does it mean to belong and how do I belong on my own terms and what are the different areas in my life that are important for me to feel like I can show up every day as my full authentic self. Hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, you mentioned the the word belonging in, in kind of different areas now, um, and 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 I I really enjoyed the context of kind of you were what well, as a kid that was potentially not feeling very belonging in different areas of your life, um, but then you somehow transitioned to a person that is inspired by ideas, that is inspired by people. How? Because there might be people in the audience, but in general that don't feel like in a sense of belonging as well but you somehow made the transition what ha what happened that it was more as possible that you made the transition into a path of belonging and con being belonged by actually connecting to ideas etc yeah i mean so in in when i think about like where i am today and i do for the most part feel like i can show up on my own terms every day as me that's you know that doesn't it's not the 100% of the time, but I'd say it's, it's most of the time. And that's a beautiful feeling. When I look back, though, and reflect on, I didn't realize like I was truly in the pursuit of like finding a way for myself for belonging, even though it's so apparent and in my face today. Back then, I think I was just searching to be heard and like find connection and find people who understood me. When I started having those conversations in like the first few years, it was like clues and signals that I should dig deeper into these areas because there was something internally telling me, like, keep exploring this. Like I was clearly being pulled gravitationally just by everything I was thinking and feeling inside. And, and whether that is, that might be a different thing for someone else. Like it may not be entrepreneurship or it may not be creativity, but it could be when you go to a hospital and you see a hundred people in a hospital bed, realizing that you're called to help them. And there's something about that experience that moves you to me, that was meeting my, you know, the, the, the peers I felt like I could like walk in a room and like just be myself or whatever that was for the first time and feel understood in that moment. And that was powerful because I think for so long I'd been like searching. I could always tell when I was, connecting with people, but I wasn't connecting with people. And when I started to connect with people truly and be understood, I, I just felt so valued. And I just made my world within that space because 
that's where I feel like I really came into my own. Congrats. I mean, that's a big, I think that's something that is not very easy for a lot of people kind of, um, I think the searching part is probably the fundamental part of where a lot of people struggle. Would you though agree that the searching part is like, and trying out different things is necessary to really understand where you belong to and where you feel most confident with? Yeah. I mean, I think you, I think a couple of things, I think you've got to like, you got to have a lot of doors shut in your face Mm. to like realize they're not the right doors that you should have walked through in the first place. And like, you got to go to the end of those roads to realize that they weren't the right road in the first place. I think it's easy to go halfway down a road and realize and just turn back because yeah, it's a, you know, explore it fully. Um, but I think in, you know, from, if I just like break this up in the process, I think a lot of this has to do around like self-discovery because when you're constantly reflecting on where you've gone and what's working and what's not working and the moments in which she felt alive, the moments in which she had trauma and hardship and what you can learn and take away. But to me, those are like direction points for how to kind of navigate life differently. Every time we hit a bump or have a positive experience, it's kind of like our internal GPS and it's kind of helping guide us along these lines and roads because we know like by going down them, it's, it's the right thing to do. Because we it's, we have reinforced experiences behind that, and I think when you when you when you really make self discovery or you really make reflection uh, part of your week weekly habit or monthly whatever journaling or daily, it's so important because you can really like take an intake on where you are internally, and by that and understand kind of the, the things that are important to you, you can assess the direction you're going, and you can reroute accordingly on a plan that's going to work best for you. And for me, when I really internalize now, like I, I, I do it within a structure that allows me to, I think, see what I, I really want to see. And also like give me warning signs of areas where I need to course correct and maybe build relationships in different areas or, re, or invest more time in specific relationships so I can keep those bonds strong that I want. And so I think this idea of, not only reflecting, but using your reflections as a as a way in which to build relationships intentionally based on where you're trying to go in your life and your greater vision. It's almost like building a company. You know, we put so much planning into things professionally, but then personally, are we mapping out the direction that we want to go? And not that life needs to be so structured and have not no serendipity, but I do think it's important to align on where you really want to go for yourself and then figure out like, okay, how can I not only kind of reflect, how can I build the right relationships? You know, because if I do that, maybe I can continue to start showing up on my own terms, keep repeating that cycle. Mm -hmm. I think it's great because I think that's so related. I think the, the interesting part is that also kind of talking to different founders in the past, there's of course always a section of when a founder really feels the problem him or herself, he or she is also able to adapt that to a customer base or to a consumer base, whatever it is at the end. Um, and I feel that since you have kind of made the whole searching and discovery phase experiment and you're still doing it on the pathway of kind of you being uh, you and you kind of achieving what you want to do, you of course can also transition that to your customers. And I want to kind of touch upon that because I think you've talked about the relationships that you want to keep and that you want to endure over time. I think the interesting part though is kind of how you build the initial network and how you build the relationships that you want to have and that are not just good for you, but they're also good for them. So the question is, 
irrelated of it, whether that's kind of more professionally or private on, on the private side, but how do you actually build a network? How, how did you approach that topic? Because I think that's something that is very hard for people to imagine. There's LinkedIn, there's Facebook, there's like social media channels, etc. You can meet people in person, but how do you address actually building network that um, where you can be successful as a, as a company, but also as a person? Yeah, I mean, that's a really good point. I want to speak to that and say that when I, when I think about a lot of people maybe before they get serious about who they are or serious about what they want to do professionally or serious about what, where they want to go with a personal relationship. It's, it's really easy to be aimless and just like let people in your life and not really ask why, but you hang around them, but you're not introspective on those experiences and the people in your life. So you, you kind of build a community for yourself Maybe it's the people in your neighborhood, the local basketball team, the college club. But like, really, like, do you, not that there's anything wrong with that, but is that like, an, is that a really strong fit for a person in your life at that time in your life? And, and to, to build on that, I think going back to the self-discovery piece and being intuitive and listening to your thoughts and intuitions and like really listening, I think you can build relationships out of need. And I think I have for the most part for myself, I built a lot of relationships out of need when I'm trying to accomplish something and I, and I find the person that can help me yet. I befriend that person. We become lifelong friends. I'm struggling personally. So I reach out to someone who can help me through that. Well, we become lifelong friends. Okay. We might pass that chapter together, but it's that constant reflection of, okay, what's going on right now? Who's who are the people who can help me overcome that? Who are the people who I can partner with together in this phase of life and share a really meaningful experience with. And I feel like I don't, I build relationships very intentionally. Those might be client relationships for business because why they're going to pay the bills. How am I further my dreams, personal relationships and friendships. I'm going to hang out with specific groups of people because I want them to nurture my mind in different ways. Health. Like I'm going to build a health network so I can stay healthy. I think, you know, it's not as hard as it seems, but like the nuances of, how to care for someone else, how to be empathetic, not easy to do, how to go out of your way to befriend someone. I think tactically that can be challenging, but at a high level, finding great people that are paramount for you and your success and your goals and your dreams around the things you care about. I think relationships happen out of a really strong relationships can happen out of a place of need or desire based on the things that you value that are aligned to who you are. But you kind of got to know who you are and the things that your, your own values. So assess if the people around you match that criteria for what you want in your life. Mm -hmm. Very interesting, especially also kind of looking at, of course, how you categorize it into different, different sections, starting from, of course, the professional side for your business, going over to like professional contact, uh, personal contacts, but also more segmented into topics like health, for example. The question that I have is like when, when you kind of look at the opportunities, because you actually get a lot of intros, but you also give a lot of intros and you connect people in different ways. But how do you how you, yeah, do you have a kind of like a mental model or a structure of how you select certain people, whether they are kind of fruitful for your network, but also fruitful for, for your business and for the needs and desires you have? It's a good question. Um, you know, my, my mom always raised me, I think, in a way in which creating value for other people, listening, sometimes intentionally, giving first. When I meet someone that I feel drawn to, or feel connected with on a gut level. 
I'm just naturally drawn to, I think, wanting to help them or make sure they have good people and fulfilling relationships or they are clear on things that they care about. Like, I think that's so fundamentally important to like being alive as a human. And so when I can think of two or three people that need to connect and that relationship takes a life of its own, awesome. Like, and so I'm, I think to do that mental model wise, it's everything you're doing right now. You're asking really good questions. You're picking up insights into people's thoughts, how they move through the world. And if you know enough people and enough stories and, and the things that people care about, you can start connecting people in aligned interests. I'll tell you a story um, that's pretty good, Max, for the Cairo Summit, I think right after, you know, right before you joined or a year later, back in 2018, I was running the community and there were like 600 fellows, but I think like 150 or 200 fellows came to like the 500 person event. And part of my job there was to essentially go through and connect, make sure every fellow that was coming had two or three people that they could meet. The way in which I did that was when fellows filled out their application forms, they gave us data points where they live, their interest in tech, personal questions. So for all the people that came, I went through the database and I found a lot of connecting points. I was almost like an AI algorithm, like manually, like finding threads of connection between people. And so before the event, I lined up two or three people every person should know. When I, when I saw someone there at the event, I wanted to make sure they had a really good experience. So I looked at myself as just like a connector dummy. When I met Max, let's say you were there. Okay, I would have seen you at the event. And then in my head, I was like, oh, Max needs to meet these two people. And I had already done the work prior, so I knew who to connect you to. So then I went and I found them. I said, you guys need to meet. Here's why. And then I left. And it was like a success to me if 10 minutes later, they were still in that corner talking, right? Um, now, in retrospect, they were there for a common shared belief around making the world a better place through ideas and technology. So that in itself was a shared interest, but more tactically about where they were from, key interests, um, you know, understanding the types of people, understanding people's personalities. Um, I'm, I'm trying, you know, usually I'm trying to listen to what people say how they think about the world, what's important to them. And then think about people in my network who can match that description or be helpful to them and be a good, and try and be a good ally so they can build meaningful relationships. And what's beautiful about that is if I think you do it right, those people go on to be lifelong friends or they like, they serve very meaningful moments in that journey. You probably will never know. And then the relationships that are brought into their world because you went out of your way to make a difference. It's like content online. Like when you write really meaningful content that can impact people, you have no idea how that changes behavior. You have no idea how that changes thoughts, how that changes them, how they move through the world and how they share that with other people. And like, that's why I think divisive media, media that puts people down is so destructive because you don't know how that's affecting people because you can't see the harmful effects of it. But what I do know is when you put out positive things online where people have eyeballs and are spending their time, you can make a big difference in people's lives without even realizing it. I think it's the same to be said for relationships when you put two people together because they're exchanging content one-on-one in person or over the phone. Mm-hmm. Super interesting. I like the, I really like the analogy of kind of content marketing online where you can, of course, differentiate yourself from the Twitter blast of, of just being a negative person on Twitter versus maybe a positive person on LinkedIn that actually helps people do a better job in certain areas or just certain kind of specialities. So I think you can actually differentiate yourself, what kind of person you want to be and how that reflects to your personal network. Yeah. I mean, a hundred percent. I think you've got to 
you what you put out is what you get back when you can focus on the things internally and do the work that matters and discover the things you care about you're gonna it's much easier to build relationships to attract those things into your life i honestly i don't think it's that hard to find those kinds of people because now your filtering radar is that much higher because you know what you want and it's so much easier to pass off with that said though you need to have the self-awareness you need to have the learning experiences under you so if you get into a relationship, a friendship, whatever it might be, you know the questions to ask, you know, like the things to watch out for, you know, you know, you can kind of see the road ahead because you have the reps and the experience to it. So even if people are good fits, you still need to, I think, evaluate like and really just pick up and, and kind of be a student of human behavior, which is hard to do when you're sometimes so subjectively in an experience. Hmm. I agree. And I, I, I agree. And I think the the I probably the, the missing part of kind of you have that network and you and you 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 really care about the individual friendships is also kind of to to keep the network. Because I think when I hear a lot of people they ask me like how do you keep your network and how do you make it happen that you you have a certain set of people that you stay in touch with and they you are just kind of caring about the relationships. How do you make that happen? Do you have like a tool for that where you kind of get notified when to reach out to people again? Or how does how does that work for you? Yeah, I mean look <sighs> I wish I could say it was easier because it's not like, you know, I think it's really hard to keep up with relationships, especially the busier you get, the, the, the more things that come on your plate, you know, when you add more responsibilities and jobs to your life, like, you know, whatever those might become for you and roles that you might fulfill outside of work. Right. Um, so it can be harder. And I think that's the thing, like the relationships that served me five years ago, aren't the relationships that served me today. I'm still good friends with the kids who serve people who helped me five years ago, but is the relationship and bond as strong? No, it's not. Um, maybe with a couple of them. Yes, no doubt. I think, you know, if you can leave me really meaningful memories in people's minds and hearts for the times that you have with them, you can probably come back to those relationships. If even if you grow apart from them, I don't have like a systematic way of keeping in touch. I think, the way in which I move through the world with work and my personal life, it's going to keep me in touch with the people I need to be in touch with for that moment based on the needs of myself and the things I care about. And that sounds very selfish, but I think you got to put your own oxygen mask on first and realize what are you trying to do to make yourself happy so you can go make the impact in other people's lives so they you can make a dent in your in your own way. And so, yeah, I don't know if I'm as focused actually on like really keeping up with a thousand people. I, I think it's actually to me more important. I am very intimate and close with the few people in my life that are very important to me at this moment. And then there's outer rungs of people that come in and out of that existence. But to do it with just a few people and aiming together is better. But to have a small group of trusted people, I think, especially as you get older, is, is way more important than trying to have lots of relationships. Which sounds so counterintuitive to, I think, like the brand that, like, I think we're trying to build and the thing that I care about because relationships are vital. I just would also say relationships evolve and what you give to them and can provide to them changes over time. And you got to like figure out like what's really important to you and meaningful. 
Mm. Yeah, and, and, I, and I, I mean, I can confirm that every person that was introduced to me by you has always come with a like a set of gratitude or happiness because, of course, they were kind of referenced by, by you. And I think these were not always people that we, you were in touch with kind of week by week. So I think that's something that I really like the point of saying, if you set a good mark on every relationship, no, how, no matter how long you've been into like inactive, uh, it doesn't really matter. Um, and I mean, kind of, kind of one part that made you stood out, kind of in your area of expertise, was also everything related to your book publishing. Um, so you, that was kind of more or less the start of your success journey, also with BW Missions. Um, and I talked to Mike before, and of course, this is something that is quite passionate to us because we also care a lot about authors and books. Um, so I wonder, with all the with all the people that you've worked with that actually made books quite successful. What would you recommend? What are the kind of the two, three things that you would give forward to a person that is interested in launching a book, but also making a launch successful? Yeah, I, I think a couple of things that really kind of struck me really hard this last year is a book. A lot of people say like they put too much weight in having a book. And I'm not saying books aren't important because I think books change the world. They change minds. They change lives. I'm reading and I started a book last night called The Body Keeps Score. Mm -hmm. It's completely like, just hitting me out of left field in a way that I never thought it would. Um, <laughs> Why is that? It's just, it, it touches on like personal things and things like I, I was able to connect dots with. Like that's the power of books and the way it can change how you think and things you understand and your mental models. Like I think books are very powerful. So by what I'm saying, I don't want to undermine books. What I am going to say though is I think authors, even CEOs, people who like we tend to work with, like they, they, they think they like, I got to write a book, but they don't take the time to think about what's the platform I'm going to launch this under. Because at the end of the day, the book is like a product. Think of like being a tech CEO or a whatever, whoever it might be. And you launch a company and you sell it for $100 million or $10 million or it's a bust, but you're defined by that thing you just started. Like that's all you're known for. Hmm. And I, I hit that with my first startup that failed called Wishdish. And I was like, people were calling me like, hey, wish, wish dish. And I, like, I hated it because like, it wasn't funny to me. Like I, I was my own person. I was my own entity. Wish dish is a, you know, my first startup was an extension of my beliefs and values at that time and still to this day. So I created something in which aligned with kind of what I thought could help the world. Um, same with BW Mission, same with, Whatever. So what I'm getting, if I, if I wrote a book one day, the book wouldn't become who I am. It would be an extension of my values and who I am, who I am driving the things I put out in this world. Um, what I think a lot of people do is similar to building a company. First time authors, they think the book is everything to them. But in reality, I think they need to get more focused on like themselves and their own platform and their own message and realize how that's infused into a book and how those platforms, especially in such a socially driven time right now, how right now that is who they are is, is going to be extended into that book, into that product, into that company. And they're not defined by those, those things or relationships, like at a core level, they're going to be who they are. And, and the book isn't a defining piece of them, um, which is hard to do because you, you say you have so much emotion behind creation. You have so much emotion behind personal relationships, but you know, those things can be fundamentally tied to like a meaningful life for sure. 
um, but also realizing like creative work is like is within arm's length and it doesn't it doesn't represent what you do it doesn't represent kind of your identity so my biggest tips for authors are to like think about the platform think about themselves and how the things they're going to build on that platform and be more strategic and thoughtful in the planning um, and realizing what's it all going to add up to what comes after the book because it's, it's not just about the book it's about the brand it's about the next set of product lines it's about how is the content going to change over time like think about a brand like nike right like they stand for greatness or they stand for this idea of like helping people making the world pushing it you know i know they're controversial in some ways the content of what they represent changes over time but at the end of the day like the identity stays the same right it only stays the same and i've learned a lot of this from rich keller who's helped with, with our brand work and he's been great um but you know i i fundamentally align with this because i went through through it so vividly with myself personally with a relationship um and then professionally with a failed startup and both of those were failures but i put so much of myself into those and you know and i realized how far i went um and when they were it was gone i felt like the world was yanked out of me mm. um and, and so i think that's why beyond just building writing a book it's about really like establishing yourself uh, in the way in which you want to show up in the world and getting clear on yourself and why I think I really lean into those concepts because I think it can be a dangerous place when you're not self-aware. Um, in terms of launching a book though, um, again, I'll go back to building a platform. You need to really have a platform under you. You need mm. to have social content. You need to have followers. You need to have email. I think most people do it too soon. There's such a rush to get the thing out the door, but they should, I'm not saying to wait, but make like, Think about the way in which you're going to put, put it out because if you're going to spend hundreds of hours, thousands of hours on something so meaningful and personal to you, a book, we're going to just invest your soul into. You want to give it the chance to like have a life, uh, have a life of its own. Um, and I think the reason a lot of things like that fall on their face are because they aren't given the time to be developed and nurtured and then given the platform to stand on and the relationships that need to be made six months, 12 months, three years in advance to help push something out. Like, and I think most people rush, rush that creative engine and it, it can do harm, more harm than good. Um, I think it's the people that take three, four or five years to really develop a brand and a platform. I mean, some people get luckier than others and their success stories happen faster than others. But I think people need to be more thoughtful and authors thoughtful and deliberate and not just who they are, but then what they're launching, how they're going to launch it. And like critically think about it as like a fundamental plan and get really organized in that because I think it's so easy to go so far down the road without realizing you should have brought 10 other pieces of supplies with you. Uh, just get, get up mm. the mountain the way you want to see the peak. Thanks for sharing it. No, I think that, no, thanks for sharing it. I think it's uh, the big, big important uh, kind of how you contextualize it to your strategy of publishing a book. I think that's super important. And I think everybody should reach out to you in case they have more in-depth questions. Just two kind of rapid fire questions before we head off. What was uh, the most important book in 2020 that you read? Oh, you know, it's funny you ask because all the books I've read this year, I've been not, I haven't read like a full business book. Interesting. Um, which that might sound crazy. Um, let's see. I mean, I, I just finished a book called Exit Westward. I just started a book called The Body Keeps Score. Um, I read a book called The Laws of Human Behavior. 
um, about a guy who backpacked from Oregon to um, Belize, like like to like through South America um, by Jedediah Collins. Um, I can't can't remember. Anyway, send it to me. Send it to me afterwards. I put it in the show notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so I've been I've been reading books this year. So. Um, I, I have a feeling the book I'm reading right now called The Body Keeps Score is going to probably be the best, the most meaningful book I've read this year. I've mm-hmm. been trying to, I have consumed so much business content throughout the day. I'm just trying to open my mind up to, to new things to talk about mm-hmm. that kind of infuse ideas. Um, and so I do think this book called The Body Keeps Score will probably be the most meaningful book I finish by the end of the year. Um, but I think the takeaway here is like, I, I've always been a very intentional reader. And I think my intention this year was expand beyond business horizons. And um, that's what I'm doing. It's nice to be able to talk about things outside of work. And I think it can get so tunnel vision. So um, my point. strategy has been to not consume business content in book form. Good point. Um, last question. How can people reach out to you? I mean, you are definitely reachable. So what's the best way to reach out? My email is max.elster. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, my email is uh, Brian, B-R-Y, uh, Brian at Brian wish, like make a wish.com. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram. You can text me, um, whatever you want to do, whatever's best for you. Um, I'll tell your credit card number. <laughs> oh, five, 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 six, 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 two, one, two. Um, so yeah, whatever you guys want, credit card information and all. <laughs> cool. Thanks, Brian. This was a good chat. Thanks for your time. Of course, Max. Thank you.